Welcome back to the Heavy Hole. I'm Tom. And I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Basement-dwelling heavy music masters that you've been asking for. <laughs> and I promise that heavy breathing is not me. It's the uh, resident sleeping pit bull in the background. Dahlia. Every time. Shout to Dahlia. We're going to go right into this episode because we got a sweet-ass interview. Will? Yeah, we uh, posted up in uh, their tour van outside of Blackthorn 51 in Queens. It was real shady. We interviewed Malignancy from Yonkers, classic uh, New York death metal band, 20 years plus running in the game. They had a lot to say. We asked them about um, the history of the band. We talked about different places they've traveled. And uh, we had them kick a little bit of advice to uh, the basement-dwelling gore grinders who are scared to talk to women. Total gentlemen, these guys. All right, here you go. This is Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, and tonight we're lucky enough uh, to be in Queens, New York, joined by Yonkers, New York's own Malignancy. Uh, we're here with Ron and Danny. How you doing, guys? You want to say hi? Hey, what's going on, everybody out there? Heavy hole in the house. <laughs> That's right. Pound that heavy hole. How you doing? <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, you got a show to play. There's band starting up here. We're here at uh, Blackthorn in Queens, so I don't want to take too much of your time. We're going to jump right into it. Um, I did a little research. I want to ask you some questions oh. about the history of the band and Research. you know you guys you guys have been around a lot i think you could kick some advice and some stories to the to the youth uh in death metal man the youths yeah the youths man <laughs> uh and, and now in 1992 um if i'm not mistaken danny you started carcinogen or were yes. a founding member of carcinogen yes okay and then that turned into malignancy yes and then in 93 we have the eaten out from within demo that is correct now if i'm not mistaken that that had a, a kind of a whole different lineup yes than what would become malignancy on the rotten seed demo the following year no the okay. it was the same members um rotten seed was written we just had one extra guy our buddy ralph that we went to high school with and then the real malig kind of spawned in 95 that's when ronzoni joined and that's you know that's when the real band took shape and form that the form that i wanted Okay, so so uh, Ron, what what were you doing before you joined Malignancy? Anything? Oh shit! I had a, uh, we'll say a progressive thrash band along the lines of the Hades and Queensrÿche, like the in between there, oh, little little uh, grunge actually, which wasn't called grunge yet. It was a progression of thrash metal that I was getting into through playing funk and listening to um, all kinds of uh, King Crimson and Rush and all this. I took that into. Um, into just thrash or metal, whatever you want to call it, and had a band called Dysfunction, female-fronted, way before Arch Enemy, way before mm-hmm. Everessence, way before any of this, and uh, we almost had a record deal with uh, Mercury Records. It was like I've worked really hard. I went to big-time studio in Long Island uh, to record this. It was called the, um, I believe it was called the Carriage House. I'm not sure, but um, it was... Sounds big, familiar. Here. Big time money studio. Uh, I mean, we spent four thousand dollars on recordings back then, and mm-hmm. th- that was huge back then for uh, it's a local band. And Desmond, uh, who w- would be in Malignancy later on, um, was the bass player of that band. And uh, uh, we just had one demo and uh, and an album written that we never recorded. And then the 
the band broke up after uh, a little uh, bad blood, not getting the record deal we wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so how do you guys uh, meet together, or how do you find um, malignancy? So uh, I grew up in uh, Yonkers, and uh, I went to, uh, before I even knew Danny, Roger, he used to sell T-shirts in our flea market, the Yonkers mm-hmm. Raceway Flea Market, and he had the original bootleg um, Cliff Amal shirt and the, 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 the memorial shirts for Cliff Burton, and uh, Roger was the only cat in town that would uh, play uh, Creator uh, or, or uh, Possessed, Possessed or, or Celtic Frost or anything like that. And he had uh, originally, when we were talking, he had a boss doctor rhythm. And he's like, check out these drum beats I programmed. And, and I was like, I, I didn't understand that yet because it was like... And I was like, wow, that's pretty fast. I never heard anything like that yet. And he's like, oh, you want to be in my band, Debauchery? We're going to play this crazy death metal. Real technical and I need a good guitar player mm-hmm. so I, I actually started playing with Roger in this band Debauchery first yeah okay you know and then uh, you know when I was this uh, me Roger and he had this drummer uh, Matt that uh, it was the old mortician the drummer. old mortician yeah. drummer and uh, and it was cool you know we had a demo but um, we never got to the phase of getting the bass player that could handle it mm-hmm. and Roger was singing it was more like a, yeah it was really really cool and uh, from there uh, well uh, Kevin Hughes, who was jamming with Malignancy at the time uh, as their bass player, tried to drag me in. He's like, oh, you got to uh, leave leave the hippie stuff, leave the, the thrash, come back to your roots, man. You're death metal, Ron, you know, mm-hmm. play that testament. You know, even though testament wasn't death metal, he knew I was possessed, which is to me was the first death metal band. And I played. Fair enough. I played death and I played... Um, uh, suffocation and I played these there's I, I like the top stuff that just came out I didn't yeah. know any of the un- underground stuff but I said hey, let me give it a whirl I was a big Cannibal Corpse fan and that's where I brought a little bit of that with the um, with the King Crimson and the Rush into this into the scene mm-hmm. you know all right. all right so so moving forward now if I'm not mistaken the next release was 1997 the ignorance is bliss cassette tape oh yeah well we had we had a couple rehearsal demos in between oh like yeah like a lot of bands. that weren't really yeah. like yeah. mass yeah. produced we just kind of we were just giving them out of shows yeah in the 90s that's what you did because you, mm-hmm. you know you didn't have uploading them on social media and stuff yes exactly. and, and we didn't have money either <laughs> so it was uh eight track task cam recordings of just us jamming Okay, well, speak, speaking of that era, then, what what do you remember from, like, I mean, you spoke a little bit about Desmond and Roger, and um, people get, get the impression from you guys and Mortician that there was a kind of a close-knit Yonkers and upstate New York scene in that mm-hmm. era. Everyone yep. knows about suffocation and internal yep. bleeding in the Long Island scene, but people yep. maybe don't, don't know so much about Yonkers. You guys want to talk about what was going on Yonkers in the mid to late 90s? Sure. I mean, uh, right off the bat, uh, bef- um, as I joined Malignancy, I, I got... Uh, taken into the death metal mafia called Demolition huh. and uh, and they brought me on the road for like two years Wow! and I, I roadied for them doing the uh, guitars stage and uh, and I was out on tour with Mort with Angel and Nile and I made best friends with these guys and learned how to to do run the stage run the show like it was really a business thing for me and then uh, they asked me to join the band in Malaysia with, with Metal Blade at the house at the time Spine Schlegel and everybody and, and I had a decision with my wife and I, we said no because um, malignancy needed to, to happen I needed wow. to, to invent my stuff instead of just joining a band that was already established and really uh, uh, my guitar playing I felt needed its own voice not, not just to be uh, the side guy for, for Bob who's amazing he has his own style 
So um, well, fair enough, and I'm glad we had malignancy. But what an, if you remember the what if Marvel comics? What an yeah. amazing what if uh, Ron joined Immolation, man. That's I never realized Who that. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's an amazing story, man. Yeah, yeah. So it was there. So and what about like uh, was NYDM a big thing at that point? And, um, it was mm, just no. Will. Yeah. And um, and Will's uh, he had a couple close guys to him that were starting to wear the wear the patch, but it, it wasn't a heavy metal club yet. Uh-huh. It was yeah. really just Will Will Will, Will Staden, that mortician with uh, his his back patch that they were New York yeah. death metal. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first statement before he put it on an, an uh, one of their albums. Well, I actually saw a flyer from the early '90s from Rock and Rex, which was our like basically our son we all revolved around this record store we always went there and they were promoting a show that was across the street from the record store and it's it was it's on ebay <laughs> fucking flyers on ebay yeah, for I was like at that show. seven <laughs> bucks or something players like that. club yeah and it said nydm on the bottom and i was like decomposed Holy shit, look at that up. yeah it was decomposed decomposed and those from, guys. Uh, up, uh, up there in rockland Yep. And uh, that was they, they wasn't really upstate to us, but Spring Valley mm-hmm. like had a bunch of death metalers, yep. and we used to always just go o- over to Rockland and play this place called My Place. Mm-hmm. And um, man, back in the olden days, that's when there was Metallica cover bands that were <laughs> that were good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as far as the Yonkers scene is concerned, there was a close knit death metal scene. Like we had a band called Death Rune, who Kelly was in, who you'll probably yeah. hear from him later. Yeah. And then there was uh, who else? There was. Other band, the two piece, Chris and uh, well, that was Necropolis, Necropolis. that was pre Death Rune, but then there was um, Infestation. Our friend um, Dennis was playing in that band. There was a bunch of bands popping up here and there, they were short lived, but it was good because we had a scene in our area. Like, we played, um, what the fuck was the name of it? We played uh, the Mount Vernon spot. Spanky's Pub. We played Spanky's. Uh, Lowdown. Lowdown. And uh, Marty's and, Marty and Lenny's we never played, but we were always there hanging out. And it, it was a good scene. I mean, Thrash was, was you know, kind of dipping or plateauing, however you want to, you know, see it. And then Death Metal was cropping up, and unfortunately Thrash bands were getting ousted out of, you know, labels, and they were just signing Death Metal bands and signing Death Metal bands. And that was, in my opinion, the death of Thrash was the label's fault because they felt they needed to shift gears and say oh this new death metal thing let's go let's go that route and all these awesome thrash bands got completely fucked now there's great thrash bands that still stuck around and they kind of rode the wave and changed their style and did all kinds of things and you know they're still here today yeah true very true um, well, on, on that note, we're talking about genres changing with the times and things like that. Um, we're into like the late 90s now in the conversation. Uh, where I first was became familiar with the band was uh, Castle Heights in Jackson Heights, yes. Queens. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from that um, that mid to late uh, 90s era where mm-hmm. hardcore was kind of taking over our region. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, a lot like black metal was rising in popularity, uh-huh. yep. and brutal death metal was kind of being um, uh, put on the back burner a little bit. Yeah. It, it didn't have the momentum that it had in the early '90s. Exactly. And in my opinion, maybe you guys could tell me if you agree with me. Uh, death metal got pushed kind of more underground, and the more brutal, guttural, extreme death metal I think had um, had had that real cult following with like United Guttural Records uh-huh. and um, Corpse Gristle Records and yep. these, these things that popped up in the late '90s because I think it became less commercially 
commercially successful mm-hmm. to do death metal. So people were just kind of like seeing where how extreme they could get. And you guys yeah. were part of that with yep. United Guttural Records with your first full length. First first one was Intrauterine Cannibalism, right? Yes, it was. United Guttural. Uh-huh. So, so do you want to talk a little bit about the, the kind of climate of the scene changing and playing in New York in that era? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, <clears throat> to us, it was almost like uh, there, this, there was a scene that just totally died because they started shutting down the big clubs. Uh, at one time, Wetlands, Irvin Plaza, uh, the, the Limelight, you know, 500-person uh, uh, had the venues. This was, oh, and up was Death Metal, the Roxy. And then all of a sudden, man, boom. Like, more. Like, like everything turned into these little clubs and like the biggest yeah. club we could play was Coney Island High which was which small. is amazing though and it was awesome it but was I mean they were, they were smushing Morbid Angel in there yeah. they were smushing Obituary I was like how can these bands yeah. playing and you're dying mm-hmm. but I mean uh-huh. But so the scene in New York was always still there. It just it just got smushed and condensed to the most heavy heads mm-hmm. out there. And it felt like uh, us, Mortal Decay, Fallen Christ. Um, uh, Fallen Christ. Humanized. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah we played with them a lot. In Satanity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these were the bands that were, 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 were keeping the scene alive and, uh-huh. and, I mean, and made a scene. I mean... The shows were still were fun. Like I mean, I was like, man, this is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, death metal is like easy for me. Like I struggled my whole life to try to get people to go to shows and show off like some good music. And I was like, man, I'm in a band that has a scene. Yeah. And I was like, this is great, <laughs> you know. And then. But the New York scene was tough. It was. We tough. had to build it. it was I tough. mean, we had to build our following because New York people, fans in general, are just very arrogant. I'm not gonna say arrogant. I'm gonna say <laughs> they're. They're very tough to win over. So you, when you win over a, a New York, you know, fan, then you're pretty much in for life. Hopefully, I mean that's what I've seen. I mean, shit. Well, I remember seeing you at shows, and I remember then watching you <laughs> in Cursed Earth, and you know, then Violich and all this stuff. Watching you grow up was excellent because I also watched Paulo grow up, and yeah. a lot of these young guys coming to our shows as teenagers, and then. Forming their own bands and taking over, taking the helm, taking the torch, and running with it, and doing great. You know, I mean, the scene has always been awesome for me. But you know, that that late '90s era, what happened was death metal got too popular. I get, I don't even say too popular. Too many bands. Too many bands, and there was too many little labels that were just putting out the worst shit ever. <laughs> And you're like, oh, the, oh, remember when you could go to a record store and say, yo, look at that cover, that's awesome. You bring it home, you listen to it, guess what, it's awesome. Now, at that, that time, no. It was a great album cover, you bring it home, you're like, this album sucks. These guys can't play. They don't, they, you know, or they're rehashing stuff we've already heard a million times before. Mm-hmm. And we were looking for, oh, another great band, Disfigured. Long oh, Island boy. Boys, holy shit, man! Grew up with those guys too. Coming up and playing shows with them. Hawaiian Ryan, Homo Hawaiian, Hawaiian Ryan. Ryan. That's right. <laughs> I, I brought them up on the podcast on another episode. We Amazing talked about guys. The Paroxysm CD and yeah. Joe Riley and Joe Riley. Yep. And, yeah, Repudiation. Yep. Yeah. Four twenty. Yeah. Four yeah. Four twenty. A great a great band. Uh, before that band name would have been kind of like uh, you know cheesy too, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. Um, 
Well, yeah, so kind of a tough time. But uh, what I remember, too, is I remember it seemed almost like the Midwest uh, had, had a strong, and Texas and certain yes. regional scenes were stronger uh-huh. for brutal death metal yeah. than in New York, which mm-hmm. was kind of a switch because all these second generation, I mean, I don't want to put a number on it, but uh, further on generations that were inspired by you New mean, York and Eastern style You mean style like 45th tier death metal bands? Well, you know, like you had you had your, all the, the Texas bands that popped up slamming oh, and yeah. doing the guttural stuff, Definitely, man. It was yeah. a big thing, man. Yeah, yeah. And um, you guys Pit put bulls. out the... the mm-hmm. Yeah, the pit bulls, exactly, yep. man. I was, you know, when I was down um, nice filling in for Pyrexia a few weeks ago, the pit bulls were, there was like, there was like 40 dudes in pit bulls. That's killer. That's in killer. Texas, man, they still shit. come out. Yeah, dude, they're still there. That's amazing. Um, well, speaking of regional scenes, man, jumping ahead a little bit, you guys put out the 2000, uh, in the year 2000, Motivated by Hunger EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, landmark EP for you guys, very big for me and people from yeah. my generation. I remember, um, if I'm not mistaken, that was out for the 2000 Milwaukee Metal Fest. Yeah, because I, rem- I remember being with you there and and, um, and and seeing you guys and all that, man. Mm-hmm. Um, jumping ahead a little bit though, in 2002, you put out the split with Interval Bazaar yeah. on Shindy Productions. That's a band from the Czech Republic that some yep. people might not be familiar with. They they should be amazing yeah. band. Amazing. Yeah, well, well, if I remember from that era, there was a lot of stuff coming out of the Czech Republic. Yeah, Czech Republic crazy. Interval Bizarre, Contrastic, like oh, yeah. Flame, uh-huh. and, uh, Alienation Mental. There yep. um, a lot of stuff. When now I obviously you guys are, are a little old school, so you were doing the tape trading and the, the letters and you know email came mm-hmm. on so you jumped on but how did you kind of like become aware of that scene and get in touch with those that band and that label um, and, and get over there? Because I know you ended up playing obscene extreme and, and the Czech Republic scene was, We played know, Brutal Assault. Yeah, that yeah. was what happened. Two thousand, uh, they brought Mortician, and the guys in Mortician said, "Hey, uh, a couple of our our guys in the band also play in Malignancy. You want to bring them over too?" So we got our first taste of Europe thanks to Mortician. Mm-hmm. So we played with Macabre, Mortician, and a few other awesome bands. Interval Bazaar was on that. So was Alienation Mental, I believe. Yeah. And it was just it was a great festival. It was our first European festival, huh. and it was just bananas. I mean, okay. we had a lot of fun. And we met Martin, who is the guy that put together Shindy. Brutal Assault. Oh, yeah, yeah, Martin Shindy. And he, he's the one that, he's one of the founders of that festival. And the festival's still going on now. Yeah, now, now it's gigantic. gigantic. Yeah, well, they have other other um, continents. Like, don't they have a Canadian one? And uh, uh, what? Uh, oh, no, I'm thinking of the Obscene Extreme. I'm yeah, not thinking Obscene of Extreme. Yeah, yeah. They, pardon they, me, yeah. pardon me, yeah. He tried. He tried. And yeah, well, yeah, the market's man. not there. I mean, Czech mm-hmm. Republic is is where it is. I mean, it's amazing to go over there and have fun and see that country, see something new, and hang, <laughs> watch <laughs> bands grind out. And it's fucking great. So, it, so I've heard. Where where else have you guys been in the world? Um, uh, like like you know, where else did you guys start branching out? Because I assume once you got over there, you you probably visited yeah. some other countries. Mexico is next. I don't know. <laughs> I, I well, yeah. I we might. I, I I know you toured there with Mother Brain. Few years back, yes, but we yeah. we our went original, again. We went with our original um, mortician. Our original, oh, okay. uh, yeah, Mexico <laughs> experience yeah. is awesome. We played yes. um, Mexico City. We played Mexico City in the Rustling Arena, and then we played Guadalajara in yeah. some giant club, like uh, like another like conference hall. And uh, it was just uh, us, mortician, malignancy, and anarchists. Yeah, and anarchists was from uh, Mexico. Are they like a, more like a crusty? Type of band like a crust punk or something like that. I don't know. It was I don't noisy. I, yeah, know they, they, I know they the they name, fun. but I'm not too yeah. familiar. Okay, man. But uh, we, <laughs> so we flew into Mexico and they put us on a yellow cheese bus. Yeah, big one, <laughs> and we're bouncing the whole way like uh, seven hours to yeah. Guadalajara. Uh-huh. 
to eat, eat like, you know, they say, well, uh, only eat the food that, you know, in the shops, the side stands, you don't know if it's, you know, okay. what all you're right. eating. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> so that was amazing. They all loved this. It was pretty much just, you know, sold out because of mortician, you know, but they got a taste of us. Yeah. You know. Sick. And now Mexico's sick. Everybody was wearing transmetal shirts. Uh-huh. That's their big thrash band at the time down there. I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah they're they're Brazilian, but they're, are they Brazilian or Mexican? I don't remember. They're still a killer band. But we, we also did um, we did Mexico, and then our first European tour was with uh, Zdenek from Godless, Godless Truth. Truth. Yeah. He fucking hit us up, and, and we went out there, and the commerce that first. was for Frailty of the Human Condition, which was that split with uh, Interval Bazaar. Okay. So we hit that. We, we hit that, the ground running with yeah. that. We kind of only put that out. That was like a precursor, or... And our tour. That was a precursor to Cross Species. Yeah. Cross Species was supposed to be a full length, and it just didn't turn out that way. And our, our tour uh, blended with the, the Bloodletting tour. Yeah. So it was us in Bloodletting Europe with Deeds headlining. Yeah, you know, yeah that was fun. It was that great. Was a lot you of know, fun, Disgorge, Malig, Deeds. I yeah. mean, psh, Yeah, we played... Who, who uh, else was that? Uh, Disavowed. We played Fuck sick. the Commerce. Brutus. I yeah, think. we played Fuck the it Commerce. Was, it, was, it, was yeah, it was Bananas. Wild. Yeah, you know, so wow. you're good to play four or five shows with your friends on tour. Yeah, <laughs> of I mean, course, yeah. in a festival, yeah. you know, you can't beat it. I no. had my 25th birthday uh, at that Fuck the Commerce Fest, and they gave me Jägermeister <laughs> more than I've ever had. Yeah, they bought a, they bought like a, it was like six shots in a row hitters. And after that, I couldn't I couldn't walk anymore. And yeah, he had to be they, they put had away. To put me away. I slept on the couch, and uh, we stayed. It was on an army, uh, an old Nazi army campground, and uh, we we stayed. I slept on the couch outside the barrack. Yeah, he he was lucky. We fucking. I stayed on the fucking hard cement floor. Went to bed at nine. Wow. Woke up at ten, and. <laughs> but uh, my head was done. We, during that tour, we also visited Germany, yeah. France, uh, Austria, mm -hmm. um, uh, Czech Republic, of course, Slovakia, uh, Slovakia and uh, we kept returning to Europe to, to just do more stuff and and uh, play Belgium and then go deeper, play uh, Rom uh, Romania and then. Uh, Shit, we've been to Japan. We've been to Japan. We've Can Canada. Canada was another big thing. We went to Europe before we went to Canada. We went to, you How went to up Europe is that? before we went to Canada. Canada can be difficult to get into depending it can on your be. band members. Yes, and that was one of the problems that we had. But yeah. then, then that thing, things changed. Uh, the laws changed, and and they were a little bit more lenient, and we were able to get up there without issue. Yeah, and well, we've been we've been back and forth, no problem. <laughs> we're lucky. Yeah, we're very lucky. You know, it's yeah. called it's called Ronnie spending thousands upon thousands to make sure his name is clear because <laughs> yeah. otherwise we were not going anywhere because you had two we had two guys with bad uh -huh. bad boys i might have to play <laughs> i might have to play that game if people want to see artificial brain or any of my bands yeah it would yeah. cost a lot I and mean, unfortunately uh the other guy didn't he's never going because he don't want to it's too yeah. much for him yeah i paid that. mine uh, well, one last question I had about that split with Interval Bazaar. Interval Bazaar's songs open the CD. They're the first band, and it mm -hmm. almost their opening riff has a, a kind of a almost one of those trademark pinch harmonics that Malignancy yeah. is known for. Did they do that on purpose to play a joke on people? Like, oh, Malignancy's first. They press they press the CD wrong, or or kind of like taking a little, mm -hmm. you know, a little brotherly jab at you guys or something. Because I'm sorry, man. They opened the CD with like a trademark Malignancy <laughs> pinch harmonic, man. It always bugged me, and here I am. I get to ask you that. They, um, well, I, I, 
I was a fan of theirs as they were a fan of my, of me, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it, I would say it's it's vice versa. I'm from I'm from Czech Republic. Uh, they're from Czech Republic, even though you know I wasn't born there. Oh, your ethnicity is Czech. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So I, you know, could it be uh, <laughs> that the, they were the genetics? It could have been like <laughs> yeah. You know, or really it was just weird. a happy accident because yeah, those yeah. guys. Yeah. I mean, a lot of bands from the Czech they 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 almost take leaps and bounds sometimes they where do. there's things you've never heard before. And and where's this band from? I mean, Czech like Republic. right now, the best uh, uh, new metal band, not new metal where like. Uh, uh, bad in the sense of like corn, like '90s new metal, but new metal in the sense of like new melodic thrash, because which everything is like newer sounding Pantera. So you know, is Ginger from Ukraine? So you got a girl fronted singer that sounds amazing. She could growl, sing all the range, and the and the the band knows how to play. So mm-hmm. I mean, and you're like, where they come from? Boom! Yeah. Oh, the Republic. best metal band in Ukraine is now going to be the best mm-hmm. female metal band in America. Hey, that's Here you good. go. You never know. It's you a global know. global phenomenon. I love it. It is absolutely. So so moving forward in '03, uh, like you mentioned, the cross species mutation CD, mm-hmm. um, the EP that came out. That was, if I'm not mistaken, your last release on United Guttural Records. Yes. Yeah, UG kind of like folded. Well, that shortly was my after. question: is from your perspective and what you know, what happened to that label and to the band Flesh Grind? The guy Rich was involved in both of yeah. them because they, because fans of the label and the band um, might not know that the label kind of uh, dropped off. Um, people yeah. didn't hear from them after that. A couple yeah. things happened. Yeah, a couple things happened. I mean, Rich, Rich kind of wanted to branch off and have a life again. I mean, he dedicated yeah. his whole life to Flesh Grind and then the label, and it really like he had no no time to really have then, a real relationship or anything so you know and take care of his daughter yeah, yeah he, so it's you his know. family was was became a priority yes. which is that that's it should and, always and, be and and bad injuries yeah he got really a fucked person up yeah outlook on what the hell is important in life mm-hmm. okay. and yeah. he had he had a, a major yeah, leg he, surgery with the the the, uh, the, the screws through the fucking bones and the knees and this is before it was like easy to do yeah and he was smoked cigarettes and they quit back then and they told him he'll never heal and walk again he had to force himself to change lifestyle yeah no weed no cigarettes you know and then he did it and then became like a crystal healer with his mom his mom was into that and like mm-hmm. he got into religion and like and that, that became that, 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 that's that became his life it. now that's it you know yep. we see we still say hi to him if he says what's up and yep. yeah i love him yeah yeah. And the other guys are amazing. Jimmy, uh, he he went to jung- he had uh, Avernus, but also went to uh, Jungle Rot. Jungle Rot. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Alan, amazing drummer. I wish he would just come back and then just play drums from Lindsay. You know. <laughs> yeah, he was a good drummer. Yeah, he, he was, was fucking unreal. Yeah. Uh, well, so that left you guys without a label when the label folded, and yep. you put out a demo in 05 with uh, Mike Heller on drums yeah. for the first time. If just I'm not a mistaken. promo, yeah. Uh, how how does Mike Heller fit in? Where do you know him from? Um, our our bass player Lance, our ex bass player Lance, uh, they actually found each other. I don't know. Lance was working there, and Mike came in. And they started talking, and they became friends. And Mike and Lance were jamming in a band together. And then uh, they said, "Hey, you know, you want to join Malignancy?" And he said, "Yeah, sure." So it took um, it took us a good year to train Mike to play. 
malignancy. He had to learn old stuff. He wanted to come in and take the reins and just start playing, but he wasn't at that level yet. Yeah. So we ha- we watched that kid grow into oh, what yeah. he is now. I mean, if he I, had feet, he had, yeah, yeah he we, had good feet. Double the, double. We, pa- we yeah. watched the, We watched double his, good. his hands. Uh, we watched his snare come alive within you know five years of training. And practicing, he would practice more than I practice, mm-hmm. and uh, so like if you get to rehearsal, Mike was already there for three hours, and yep. you know, or four or five hours, he'd be there all day. Cause, yeah, uh, and it would smell. Thanks, he, Mike. He was. Just, <laughs> it was great because at the time for him, I wish I joined Malignancy kind of at the time he did, like, and we were already mm-hmm. like rolling, like yeah. ready to do everything, like because it's better to join younger. He just got out of school, no responsibilities besides paying off. Student, or it's actually still staying in school, so he didn't even get into job phase yet, and so just playing in the in the band was perfect for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, look yeah. at these motherfuckers! Uh, dehumanized just pull up in front of us. The huh? Fucking humanized! There they go, man. There's Rich from Dehumanized. Hey, hey, we got Dehumanized pull up here. The yeah, roll the window down, get this on over. Hey, man. What's up? What's up? Say, say, what's up to Heavy Hole? One Heavy Hole. What's up, Heavy Hole? Rich from Dehumanized here. What's going on? Oh, yeah. What's up? What's up? Getting ready to drink some cocktails, watch some malik. What's up, there, Mike? Say hi to Say hi to Heavy Hole. Are we crashing your? Yes. Heavy hole interview. That's right. That's right. You are. It's all right. How wide is that heavy hole? I don't know, is but you, you got to pound it, right? Is it broken in? There's, there's, enough, there's enough room for you guys to get in on oh, it next it's, week. It's a right? pistol. That's how wide it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. heavy hole's been around. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. We love you guys. All right. We love heavy you hole. Too. We'll see you inside. See you all right. <laughs> get in there. We're gonna go into the show now. All right. All right. You guys enjoy your hole. Let's go, L.A. Rams. We love holes. The Rams. Yeah, well, the Dallas beat the Seahawks, so I'm better. You know. Can you hear these guys? <laughs> you gotta I hear put nothing. The, yeah, we're ramming into the hole, and we'll see you. So inside. LA yeah. ram it into the heavy holes. Yeah, let's go. Have fun. All right. Have fun, guys. Inside, All right, we're gonna be pounding Sir. some holes. Dehumanized. Later, guys. Peace. So, all right, so uh, all right, so that was the humanized checking in. They just pulled up and, and parallel parked on the streets of Queens in front of us, man. We're live here in Queens now. Um, <laughs> so, all right, so moving forward, man, Mike Heller joins the band. 2007 on Willow Tip, you put out the Inhuman Grotesqueries album. Yes. I, I kind of think of this era um, in the scene as, like, I, I call it, for lack of a better term, the MDF era. Because Maryland Death Fest taking off, you see the uh-huh. kind of resurgence of gore grind with the younger generation. Yep. A lot of people from the hardcore scene that grew up maybe on bands like Dillinger, Escape Plan, Pig Destroyer, Converge are coming back into death metal, yeah. and they're attracted Red to... Cord. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You know what I'm saying, man? So people are coming back into the death metal fold in this late 2000s era, yeah. what, um, and then social media is playing a bigger and bigger part now. There's yeah. there's the new generation, and you see the influence of bands like yourself and other, other bands from the 90s mm-hmm. in a newer generation of brutal, guttural bands. What do you remember about that era? Because right now, we're in a different era. That's That era of the late 2000s is kind of over now. Now and we're mm-hmm. moving into something else. So, what do you guys think about that? You know, from your perspective. Well, I, th- what I I love about it is like we were throwing hotel parties at Maryland Death Fest. It's like you know, feeling pretty, like yeah, yeah, we had a great show and everybody. And then the little guys trying to get into the parties I'm throwing are the top guys today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Travis Travis uh, from uh, Visceral Disgorge. 
trying to crash our parties and now he, he's throwing the parties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. you know, that, that's that's what we love about it. Again, and then yeah. he would be asking, like as they were first coming out, Ron, man, well, you know, just advice on, you know, not on how to play and none of that stupid shit. Advice on, uh, you know, recording, guitar sound, did you guys use a click, blah, blah, blah. You know, this little, little things before mm -hmm. they put out their first, uh, you know, stuff in the... It was just a great time, and then they opened up for us. We did uh, Auto Bar for Prefest uh, MDF. It was, we always tried to play MDF like once every two years, or yeah, or, whenever they would whenever allow us. Allow us. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't want to like overlap and have the same bands. Because we did play the first two years, and then they were like, "All right, you guys need a break." And then they wouldn't return my emails when I was like, "Yo, can we play this year?" Because we were used to Ohio Death Fest. You know, and Milwaukee Metal Fest, where we were pretty much on like every year or every other year without question. So it, now with MDF happening, it it was a different animal. We helped them; they helped us. It was kind of like a joint thing, and it and was then great. We watched the the, gr the gore grind to start pushing us. Yeah, they start pushing us. Like, oh man, what's this bird bird flesh? Who are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, I, yeah. I Even though they've been around as long as us. Are they, are they naked on stage? <laughs> I go, is this is this anything to do with that metal? But yes, it is. Yeah. And I had Yep. No idea, and you learn, and you find all this. Everything has to do with everything, as long as it's violently extreme. Then yeah, yeah, and I think the resurgence of gore grind and, mm -hmm. and that that maybe that foreign influence of grindcore that oh, people yeah. didn't always know about. Maybe yep. I, th I think it was helpful for people getting into you guys because you guys are always a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah, you know, you're not a typical New York death metal band. No, um, but you do have the br the brutality and, mm -hmm. and the guttural vocals. So uh, that's that. That was that era. I mean, now we're in this new era where um, a lot of people are exploring the past. There's a very healthy following of people in their early 20s who are embracing death metal. Where do mm -hmm. you see this thing going? Because we've talked so much about the history tonight. Where do you see death metal going from here with the younger generation and the newer bands? Well, I don't see it going. Uh, I don't see it getting smaller, and I don't see it going away. Uh, my niece, I took my niece. This is unbelievable. You know, I'm 20 years older than my niece. She came to our show, sold out with Mortician, with Mortician and Lucky 13 uh, last last month, and uh, she goes Ronzo. She calls me Ronzo. <laughs> I'm Ronzoni. You know, I, I make I make the raviolis and the meatballs. Mm -hmm. so. She goes Ronzo. She goes. There's a lot of guys my age at this show. And I see a rapping with NYDM younger, younger, youngins and shit. I'm like, yeah. I go, isn't it great? Death metal is so fucked up that it's never ever gonna be commercially acceptable. Even though no. it kinda is now with uh, radio bands. because of satellite radio and SOU really mm -hmm. pushing death metal still. Like, which I'm very happy with and uh, not surprised because mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's it is they're pushing good shit. The shit yeah. that's yeah. coming out is good again. Yeah, yeah. Really, I mean, you know, it's sounding good again. It's a renaissance yeah. for death metal, in it my is. opinion. Yeah, it's a new era, yeah, it is. It, it is a new era, but it's also a, a revisit of pa the know. past mm -hmm. because there's a lot of bands that are coming out trying to, you know, revisit that Swedish sound that we all love. You know, early Carnage and Dismember, Entombed. Edge of Sanity, all that stuff. There's a lot of bands coming out with that dirty, heavy metal pedal sound that we all, I grew up listening to. I love it. And it's it's funny because they're bands that are coming out now that sound like they should have been out in 93. You know? yeah. But yeah. then there are bands that are trying to push forward and be more technical and do a lot more wild changes and all kinds of stuff. But, you know... 
sometimes bands get a little too ridiculous and they need to push it back like us we got ridiculous and we pulled we pulled back we had to because you could only you can lose yourself in this shit yeah I still want it to be uh, music yes or music music call yes it has to have something to it it can't just it's gotta be a groove yeah 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 and don't not write lyrics unless you're trying to play in like you have a part or something that you want to do an instrument use your voice's instrument to be notes like they do in jazz no problem but they're still going to sing words through that song yeah even though you somebody know, doesn't understand you even doesn't matter but that was one of the things that he's right that that came up that bands don't a lot of vocalists I, I need, they I just gree re gree re re gree re and there's no lyrics it's like even if you don't say them just fucking take fucking 10 minutes you know if you have to just jot some shit down i mean i take pride in what i write about some of it is not people are not on that wavelength some people don't like it but that's fine i'm, I'm doing it for me and maybe educating somebody i've had kids come up to me and be like yo this song's crazy i never even knew that that existed and blah blah, blah. and it's like you know sometimes you get across to people and isn't that what we're doing we're playing crazy music but if we can Again, pass the torch to a younger generation, like we okay. did to you, Will. You and know, I know what's funny. It's like in, in different, different towns, different stuff. Like, like uh, just because the feet Sannies from Germany, you'd think there'd be like fifty like copies. They're not. No. They all play slam. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, uh, I'm not stating these bands are from Germany, but they sound like they are. Uh, uh, Cytoxin. Uh, cranium, mm-hmm. like all, all, all these bands that I see, like really the crowds are loving them and everything. Yeah. In Berlin, just just total slam now. I see that's on the rise. On the rise, on, yeah. On the uh, new death metal. Even front. though slam was um, from here. The para, para, parasitic uh, ejaculation. Ex- that's from, extirpation. From um, no, that's there's a there's. Oh there's, yeah, that's right. There's the, both. Both yes. exist. Well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm mentioning the one that um, the sing the singer from. Uh, from uh, Acacia Strain because he is a they give him a spot on on Sirius Radio on the on the, on uh, the metal station Jose. It's extra patient. If I'm yeah, the, well, he called them out as the as the newer bands, the brutalist as far as mm-hmm. d- uh, doing uh, um, doing the uh, Roundman style. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, that out of the newer bands, that's mm-hmm. that's the one. So, but yeah. th- but we're not going to listen to that. <laughs> so. No. Born on Long Island. Uh huh. Just just so we're clear about the New York death metal sound. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. All right, man. Well, I, I don't want to take up too much of you guys' time. I just got. You already um, did. I know. I know. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it's I, all right. I took up the last twenty years. Of your we time. fucking love it. It doesn't matter. Dude. I I got one. Um, I'm gonna go a little left here from the from the topics we've been talking about. Still relevant to the death metal scene. I've I've as I mentioned, I've known you guys for over twenty years. We've been chopping mm-hmm. it up at death metal shows. You know things like that. You guys have always been in the presence of attractive, grown women. <laughs> Both of you, for, for more, more often than not, all right? Respectfully. Yeah. Respectfully. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going somewhere with this, all, all right? right? And I've never in my, um, I've never witnessed you guys uh, behave disrespectfully or overly aggressive or any of those things in mm-hmm. the presence of women. There's a lot of people in the death metal community, young men, 
who have difficulty forming healthy relationships with women, speaking to women, approaching women, and we're not yeah. knocking them. So respectfully, mm -hmm. what advice as um, grown men in the death metal community would you give to some of these young, uh, um, for lack of a better term, basement dwelling gore grind fans? <laughs> no, I'm not, that was me too, that was me. I'm not dumping on him. But, but you guys see where I'm going. What advice uh -huh. would you have to give to a younger man in the death metal community? It's an outcast form of music. It is. Who's having trouble in that area. You first, Dan. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, I, it's 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 tough. I get it. I see a lot of guys, even at a, the show tonight. There's a couple guys I know that are very introverted. It takes them a little time to come by and say hi. Listen, just open yourself up. Get off your social media nonsense stay away from it because it's poison it totally is poison i mean what do we do we promote shows and ronnie throws up recipes and we we do some other bullshit that's what, that's how we look at it it's not life you know you get too locked in this tunnel vision where you're all about social media and you care about that and you follow these chicks that for lack of a better term are bimbos or just some somebody you don't want to bring home to mom listen you can find anybody anywhere, just be yourself. I've always just been myself, tell jokes, be I can be irreverent, I could be not irreverent. I mean I'm I'm just I'm me. Be yourself. That's my whole thing. Just try to be yourself. Don't be overly aggressive. Don't be a creeper and, and loom over a girl. We've all done that. We've all been like, yo, that chick's so hot. But you know, that's when you're 16, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. And they're also 16. Now you can't really do that. If you don't stare at somebody, you know, go say hi. Hey, how you doing? You know, you're gonna get shot down a lot. That's how life is. You know, what what else are you gonna do? Well, if you're a, a metalhead and listening to Gore Grind and you can't talk to girls, you have to go to um, the bookstore. You have to go to the bookstore. Yeah. Or, to, or like the one with the Starbucks the built in because you need some time. You know, you gotta. Yeah. You can't just go up to the, the girl that you're not gonna get. Go up to the girl that you think you could get. Yes, because you, you know, know metal is nerds. Uh, We're so all nerds. she got green hair or something fucked up with her, a little busted. Then that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, you no, never know. You, know. you never know. And that's the one that's going to be cool, wants to hang, and that'll lead mm -hmm. to then she'll have a hotter friend that you, then you get a fantasy bang out of, you know. It's <laughs> just, just you know, but you got to make them laugh. Yeah, they 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 want to laugh. Women want to laugh, you know, and they want to they want to have orgasms. Don't take them to McDonald's. Do no. something off the <laughs> box. Do make something special. If you can't cook, like. Figure something out. Buy something that's not McDonald's that no one else would mm -hmm. give them. You know, you gotta you gotta feed them. And first date, don't play romper prom. And then, <laughs> or Waco Jesus. No, 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 no. And no, then no. once you get one, you could only accept her if she could not puke. If she can't like <laughs> hang out, then what's the sense of like then oh, just boy. then you just want to get a booty call that you know you're not gonna bring around because you, you don't want to bring around someone that's just gonna pee. Now you're going off you're getting off the rails. <laughs> you're getting off the rails. <laughs> but here's one thing about gore grind guys or just metal guys in general, especially death metal. A lot of the subject matter that is written about is violence towards women. So understandably a chick that might be into just regular metal she's like nah, i'm not really into death metal maybe because of the glorified violence towards women they don't understand that it's just kind of a nerd act mm -hmm. most of the guys out there that are writing this shit probably never got punched in the face in their lives never punched somebody and never hurt a woman there are some assholes out there that are 
true to what they write about. But for the most part, just look in the thanks list. The first person they thank is their mom and their girlfriend. So therefore, when they're writing about slitting a girl in half from her vagina down to her eye, eyeball, it, they're all bullshit artists. It's all shock value. But some girls don't understand that. They're not, they, they see a porn grind cover with a giant bleeding cock on a chick's face. They're like, what, what the hell is that? I don't, what are you? you you're crazy. <laughs> Maybe hide those CDs and slowly, you know, yeah. inch it in. Save like orgasm. You, yeah, for like the you do with the date. butt. Like you yeah. do with the butt. You slowly inch it in. You know, you just don't <laughs> you go You gotta put the deep. Barry White on for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Loosen them up. It's just, you know, say you like Metallica, like bands that you grew up with. Oh, yeah, you know, I like Metallica. I like this. Start a bass. Oh, my, my family, I grew up on rock and roll. Listen to rock and roll. Find what you have in common and then see if you can explore other things with these people. I mean, for the most part, somebody has to accept you for who you are. If, and if they don't, then you don't want to be with them. You know what I mean, right? Do you want to be with somebody that's going to be like, yeah, you know, I like hanging out with you and your friends, but when you put on that shitty death metal, I just want to go out. Well, you know what, bitch? Peace, there's the door. That's not someone you're going to be happy with if, no. you're, if you're a life or death metal fan. Exactly. You know? And yeah. I mean, you know, we all are here, and, and I'm fortunate enough, Ron's fortunate enough to be able, we found chicks that are just killer, and they... They're they're partners, and and I think if it's I think it's fair to say that you guys probably went out and put yourself out there and and experienced uh, imperfect relationships and rejection mm -hmm. before you arrived, you know, to, to this relationship uh -huh. you're in now that you're you're comfortable yeah. with the. Oh, with and the, stop playing video games too. That's another. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I love video games, but I stopped playing them. I mean, I, I I love them, but dude, don't spend ten hours trying to fucking get like some stupid, you know, medal in Call of Duty. It's like go out and fucking talk to somebody. You know, a lot of these kids today, they, they become introverted because, like you said, this t style of music they listen to is not accepted, and then they're on social media all the time, and then they're, they're playing video games. Video games are not real life. I love them, but it's not real life. You know, if you want to do it, do it for a few hours, but then have your, a t your allotted time to actually have human interaction because that's really what it's all about. You know, you want to touch, feel, and see somebody and talk to somebody, not, you know, some... You know, like Jim Carrey, you know, he's, he's playing, like, I don't know, Mortal Kombat with some kid in Vietnam. You know, who cares about... You, you can meet friends across the planet, but you, you might not ever meet them in person. So go out and meet people in person. You know, say hello in not a creepy way. <laughs> go to a show. Yeah, go to a show. Support. Support brutal death metal in your area. All right, man. Well, on that note... We're going to get back to the show that's going on in our area tonight. Yes. We wish you guys an amazing set tonight. Thank you. And we hope you sell lots of merchandise. And we thank you so much for your time joining us here on the Heavy Hole Podcast. And Heavy uh, Hole that's in the right. house. Pound it. Listen Pound to it. Heavy Hole. Danny and Ron from Malignancy. Thanks a lot, brother. Cheers, gentlemen. Peace.
legends in the game, man. A lot of knowledge to drop, man. A lot of good stories, man. I really appreciate those guys. We'd like to have them back on the show again, man. Yeah, and if you get a chance to see Malignancy, just make it a point. It is wild. Absolutely crazy songwriting. If you're not familiar with the material, you need to fix that. Because yeah. it's, it's groundbreaking in a lot of ways. Just the way they turned death metal into technical death metal before technical death metal was a thing. They kind of float between a couple of different like niche subgenres in death metal because you could put them on with all the brutal guttural slam bands and they would fit in just fine. But they could also fit right there with like your defeated sanities and your uh, necrophagist and those type of bands too. You know they 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 don't come up. I think they're a little underrated in terms of tech death. You know people talk about tech death. I don't know if malignancy's name comes up as much as it should. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, and I love it, too, because they're just kind of like real down-to-earth blue-collar guys from Yonkers. They get up there and drink beers and kick jokes, and then they play some crazy technical shit that blows your mind, you know, every time. And it's tight. Uh, Danny Nelson could easily be a, a stand-up comedian, I think, in another life. So great, great band to check out live, man, Malignancy. Yeah, he also shouted out Heavy Hole four times during their set. Yeah, yeah. Because we had a great time with the interview. I thought that that was a, a cute little name for the for one of the bartenders or something. No, come on. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't go there. I already shouted out what club we were at though. Blackthorn Fifty One in Queens. We had a great time that night. Absolutely. I, I, had, I had a real good time because I wasn't driving. I have some footage of you having a really good time. Yeah, that's that's the blackmail for if this uh, podcast ever goes to court. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and leaving the show was not so smooth because uh, I drove out there in my sweet, absolutely gorgeous 2000 Buick LeSabre. Hot rod. Yeah, real kick-ass shit. And uh, what, when we went to uh, leave the venue, I could not get that car to kick over yeah. for the shit of me. Yeah, it was making a, a speak yeah, talking about grind. It was your car was grinding. Yeah, it was <laughs> your, your car was your car was doing a gravity blast every time you tried to turn over the engine, man. It wasn't wasn't kicking over. And it's not like Uber needs any advertising from Heavy Hole because, you know, uh they don't they just don't. You don't know what Uber is, idiot, you know? Although but, I, I do remember at the beginning of that night at the club, I didn't tell you this yet. You remember you were doing you were doing something on your phone and you were talking about Uber and you're like, yeah, I love Uber, man. It's so convenient. I just you know I get a phone, my girlfriend gets a ride or whatever. Oh and yeah. Then, and then at the end of the night, yeah, man, we end up having to Uber it back to Long Island, man. That was crazy. I forgot about that conversation. Yeah, yeah, it was kind. Of, it was a uh, you know self fulfilling prophecy in a way, man. Absolutely. Well, thanks for the eighty dollar lift home because yeah. uh, it, it definitely saved our ass at two thirty in the morning. Yeah, I forget the guy's name, but shout out shout out the Uber guy, man. He was all right. Uber guy, nice guy, man. Yeah, he. he he took care of business. And the AAA guy that came and tried to start your car, he did his best. He wouldn't even take a tip. No. He was like, I didn't do anything. I said, I wouldn't argue with you. And he diagnosed the problem. And luckily, I was parked right outside of an auto body shop. So I just had to call him on Monday. And man, it was the easiest $500 I didn't want to spend. But I, it was easy. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, so let's get into some music now. Uh, we're, we're not going to talk about malignancy anymore. Yeah, yeah. Or, or shitty cars or great Ubers. Well, I'm going to talk about malignancy a little bit, man. Can I, can I start off? Yeah, do it. All right, so, new album first? Uh, or okay. Old? Uh, you want to go old? Yeah, I was going to go old because it relates to malignancy, and then that can be the last time we talk about malignancy. Let's do the old one then. All right. All right. What? So, what's the old album? All right. So, the Mortisite Drug Hater Split CD. Uh, out on Extremist Records in the year 2000. Both bands started in 1992 uh, from Ohio. I remember both these bands from like well, my high school tape trading days, man. So that's why I got really excited when I saw this in Danny Nelson from Malignancy's used CD bin of CDs that he was selling at the show. 
And uh, I was so excited. He's such a nice guy. He gave me the CD, man, you know, uh, on the arm. So, Also, another thing you don't see much, like Danny bringing by a shit ton of cool things that other people could pick up and discover that maybe the internet isn't good for in that moment. If you're trying to find, like, something cool and you're talking to someone like Danny who's so knowledgeable and uh, you talk about one thing, he's going to recommend something that he has as a CD. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of um, kind of random, obscure stuff in there. Some of it's still in the shrink wrap from the 90s. I, I noticed the Viogression CD. Might have to bring that up on the show. But, uh, yeah, this this uh, Mortisite drug hater, man, just real dirty, old-school, raw, grindcore. Mortisite, I remember um, having more of a metal kind of sound to their songwriting, but I, I would see their ads around uh, and see them on compilations with, like, noisecore bands and power violence bands. Real raw band from back in the day. And according to the internet, uh, they're still around somewhere. They haven't had a new release in a long time, but who knows? And then Drug Hater, uh, I met those guys a few times in the early 2000s. They're old 90s grindcore guys, and they had a drum machine, and they have this real raw, almost uh, like like unproduced guitar sound. Like, like it's just a, a like it reminds me when we used to just run a guitar with no amplifier straight into a four track. Right. Just a lo-fi, brutal grindcore song that I um, sound that I love, man. So I, I'm I'm a real big fan. And uh, if anyone checks out Drug Hater, there's a side project to Drug Hater called Spine Grinder. That is the only thing a little bit crazier than Drug Hater. Just sped up, and the drum machine is like going into into uh, uh, spasms. It's wild, man. Like you said before, that super raw, straight to tape guitar sound. Almost no paying attention to what they're trying to record <laughs> yeah you know yeah, yeah. but there's a charm to that yeah and uh i mean i i'm more familiar with drug Ada than mortisite so i spend more time talking about them but uh i have a few other releases of theirs and this is the style man it's just raw straightforward grindcore their their aesthetic is you know terrorism and violence and domestic terrorism it's kind of like an all-american terrorism vibe and they were well ahead of the curve of that in the early to mid 90s doing that because in this day and age it takes on a different connotation man it's definitely brutal extreme music so that's the Mortisite Drug Hater Split CD from the year 2000 on Extremist Records. Extremist Records was Drug Hater's label. If you're if you're trying to show your friends some metal, this is not a great place to start. No, because no, this no, is no. you have to be in it. Yeah, no, this is like uh, some soul music for the disturbed grindcore fan. This right. Is, this is yeah, this is that shit right there. This is like sex ed does not start with double penetration shit. You know, like <laughs> just doesn't. This is this is more like when you're ready to ease into like uh, anal birth, the the band, you know, like this is a few steps above that, man. Musically speaking. Oh man, this is tech death compared to noisecore. So, all right, beautiful. This week, I brought in Coroner's album, Mental Vortex, from Ooh. 1993. <laughs> nice. Now, we haven't really had any... I mean, we're, we're only seven episodes in. We haven't had much thrash. 
No, no, no. We don't. We go old school, but we stick to the death metal old school most of the time. You're right. Death metal and thrash. Even though people were real sticklers for what kind of metal you were into back in back in the day, the scene was a little more divided. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to it now in 2019, that kind of loses its gusto. Yeah, yeah. Because there's so much crossover that's happening naturally. Yeah, I mean, I think people get caught up too, man. Like nowadays, there's a lot of division with the if if it's death metal, if it's deathcore, if this death metal band has guys in it that used to like hardcore. Like people get crazy with this shit, man. And when you when you remove it and you step back five years, ten years, especially twenty or thirty years, you can just appreciate it for what it is, man. I, I came up in the era of the mid '90s where things were full on death metal and starting to shed a lot of that thrash influence. You yes. know, but you know, and um. Getting into thrash metal was kind of like doing your homework, man. You know, like you know, bands like Slayer and Sepultura and that sort of thing. So this this is band, bands like Coroner that maybe weren't as big. I've always gotten into here and there over the years, man. But it's a treat when, when you're older and you can appreciate it more and trace the lineage back, you know? Of course. And with that, the first death metal albums that people try to say are the first is you have... Um Scream Bloody Gore by Death. Yes. And you have Possessed Seven Churches. Yes, yes. And between those two albums, looking back from now, they just kind of seem like extreme thrash bands. Yeah, you, you know would, what you, I mean? You would almost say, like, oh, what's the big deal? It's thrash metal, but it was like a revolutionary right. change in just some of the some of the guitar techniques and vocals and, and the songwriting back then. Yeah. Yeah. So But yeah, Corner is definitely overlooked in the thrash world. Um I know they have a big following, but it's not really here in America. Yeah, yeah. You know, thrash dudes kind of overlook this. It's probably not intentional, and just the exposure never really happened for the U.S. audience. They play, they play down in South America, and they pack out. You know, they play in front of giant festivals, and they do fantastic. But like, I doubt they'd be able to fill up Vitus because they, huh. y- you know, you know they, what I mean. Like, I'm not they, trying to shit on them. They'd probably pack out Vitus, but I know what you mean, man. Because yeah. Vitus is like that real, but yeah, I, I, I get I get what you're saying, man. It's a little, you know, it's tough to get that recognition in the United States sometimes for these classic metal bands, you know? Absolutely. And, I mean, I chose this album because when I first heard it, I, I spun it for a while, man. Uh, it's their fourth studio album, like I said, 93. The, the instrumental is killer. Everyone in the band is on point. The vocalist, definitely not my cup of tea, but at least it's consistent. The lyrics are pretty awful sometimes but you know that kind of comes with the territory of thrash i feel like a lot of the time not necessarily but it's it's uh it's you know it's always permittable in metal you know what i mean sometimes you gotta have those bands with the street level lyrics oh yeah i don't i don't really judge a band by um i don't judge a band by lyrics sometimes especially if they're just trying to do something theatrical yeah if you're gonna get political maybe i'll judge you a little bit more but if it's just some theater shit then whatever you're you're using the vocal to accompany the energy. So. A lot of a lot of depth in the songwriting here, though. You know what I mean when they when oh, they yeah. when they turn the brutality down and they and they get to setting an atmosphere. They really get get to work. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the instrumental is killer. And you know, speaking of div- division of genres between thrash and death metal, in the '90s, death metal versus black metal was a big thing. Man, it wasn't as connected as it is now and cross pollinated. And this is one of those bands, Coroner, where a lot of black metal bands and death metal bands can both agree on as an influence. You know, there's there's only those few thrash metal bands that uh, a lot of people really, tr- like Destruction, I guess, would be uh, one. And then you have the 
kind of like the Viking black metal bands like Bathory and Celtic Frost. Right. You know, but Coroner's definitely, you know, you could definitely put them in that group of kind of proto black metal and, and, and death metal bands. They do share those themes. I I gotta say, I really love this shit. This is a really good album. And, um, you know, if my if my estimate that they wouldn't sell out Vitus is uh, is wrong, I would be very, very happy. You know? Heavy, heavy hole. We're gonna try to get we're going to try to get these guys over there. We're going to get Coroner and Vitus and see if they sell it out. I want it. I want it. I'll be there. I'll set. buy extra tickets, man. I'll buy the merch. Yeah, I'll buy you a starter for your car. <laughs> <laughs> Doubting whether or not Coroner could, out, could sell out uh, Vitus is a legitimate concern. Yeah. Well, of course I want it, but, you know, they have been here in, in, in 15 years. Yeah. You know? and, uh, that, that could be the selling point. Relatively new pick uh, from last year is the Brazilian grindcore band Expergo or Expergo. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. With their CD "Deformed by Law" on Black Hole Productions, a classic, long-running Brazilian death metal and grindcore label. Uh, I was a fan of a lot of Black Hole releases in my teens, so to see that they're still uh, healthy, putting out great releases, was awesome. Um, this is their second full-length album. Their first album was Burial Ground. But they've been around since 2001, putting out a whole ton of splits with uh, bands that um, a lot of people haven't heard of. They're, they're doing a lot of those real grimy, uh, underground gore grind splits. So I, I got to check out this band's back catalog. Very much in the spirit of grindcore general is to do as many splits as possible. And it's it's more about the music than the name, you know? Yeah, they're not up there with uh, the splits with like Haggis, who we talked about on another episode. Who yeah, have, you like, said they were on like... 30-something splits or something? I mean, it's just silly at a certain point. It's, I mean, we you know, it's crazy. We all got to have friends. But, but um, yeah, it, it, it's kind of wild. I mean, um, I got to go back and look at these guys' splits. But I'll talk about this album. What really caught me about it is it has uh, such an old-school, raw production. It sounds like extreme noise terror to right. me. It, especially they have kind of a dual vocal, two different vocal tones going back and forth thing with the screaming, growling. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Extreme Noise Terror was at least a, one of these guys' influences, but it just brings me back to that Napalm Death, Peel Sessions, ENT vibe, even a little excruciating terror, man. Just some of my favorite grindcore. This this shit is just raw. Yeah, and, this is and, awesome. And there's just enough going on with the guitars. With um, sometimes they overlay a, a you know a little uh, a chord or a note here or there just to break it up, man. You know, because it's that it's that brutal, straightforward grindcore. Not a lot of variation, but it does have personality to it. I'd say so. The vocals are great. Yeah, yeah. I, the vocals is one of the main things that kept me listening to this band. Um, I just love that low growl and the fact that they use that more hardcore kind of scream is 
it breaks it up a little bit. You know what I mean? I, I, I think it's a great package. I'm a big fan of Extreme Noise Terror, and yeah. these guys to me kind of fill that uh, a little bit, fill that, fill that craving a little bit without. Um, just kind of matching them with no personality of their own. A good thing to compare to, but it's also very much its own product. Yeah, right man. That. Listen to that. Yeah, popping the Corona, man. Yeah. Pop bottles on Expergo, all right? Great shit, man. I, I, I really enjoy this band. One of my new favorite uh, grindcore delicacies that I'm going to be uh, following. You know, Brazil has a great tradition of uh, grindcore and gore grind and death metal, and this is just another one in the hole, man. Diehard fans. Yeah. I kind of want to just listen to this for a minute. It's good shit. Yeah. Kind of what I need right now in my palette, you know, my my mix of heavy music. Yeah, so, you know, just for those of you, if, if, if you're into this deformed by law full-length CD on Black Hole Productions that they put out April 5th of 2018, not that I'm taking notes, uh, you know, you might want to check out some of their splits that they've come out with over the last, Jesus, 14 years these guys have been doing it. God bless them. Uh, they started with their Grey Waste demo, then they did their Def Grind Gourmet split, then they found a band uh, that also starts with EX Exutory to do a split with, then we get a little weird, we get a split with Submersed Cadaver, I want to hear that band just because of the name, then we get their, their split with uh, everyone's favorite Dead Fetus Collection. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then we get the uh, Refluxo Escatologico split. Uh, then they put out their burial ground first full length. Then, of course, there was the Sicko Brothers Tasting and Eating Corpses split CD. What? Uh, uh, <laughs> in, two, in 2011. Great! Yeah. Uh, they did a split with Blue Holocaust, one of two bands that they did a split with that I'm familiar with. Very uh, kind of obscure, like, gore grind band. They did a split with Syphilitic Abortion, of course. You gotta get syphilitic abortion splits if you you're gonna be real. You can't do a split if you don't have syphilitic abortion. Yeah, then they put it's out impossible. their My Name is Scum Expurgo discography. That's actually what I guess I gotta get into because it's, they have a discography 99 to 2013. Real talk. Uh, and you can get all that stuff I just I just mentioned. Then they teamed up. They did a four-way split with uh, Mata Boreo, Necros, and Subcut. Okay. Then they did Shots from Dirty Street split. The Depravity Grindcore Collection. They did a split with Flesh Grinder, who is a long-running uh, classic gore grind band from Brazil that I do remember, Flesh Grinder. And after this full length came out in 2019, right now, they have the Deadly Remains of the Root of All Evil split. So lots, they've been teaming up with everybody, man. You know, maybe we should do like some kind of bonus episode where we just read splits and yeah, we'll do it for hours yeah. and people can have nightmares to it. Will and Tom read the Agathocles discography coming yep. to a theater near you this Halloween. <laughs> bring a pillow and uh, not your mom. <laughs> hey, you can bring your mom. Oh, 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 okay. Next album. Sorry. I went back a year. I'm in 2017 right now. Oh, boy. I recognize that cover art. I I, I can't read from here. My glasses are... Uh... So we got Ascended Dead. All right. Abhorrent Manifestation. Yes. Have you heard this album? Uh, I've heard of The Grateful Dead. No, yeah, I've heard this album. Um, it's been a while, though, man. This is something I got to get back into. I got to check this out again. This was... Uh... This is crazy. Yeah, man. I remember when this came out. This shit is crazy. 
this is a uh, band that started in 2011. They're from San Diego. Uh, yeah. Started as a four-piece. This kind of reminds me of what people want to hear when they say that they don't like new Cryptopsy. <laughs> Between the vocal performance and the drums and the yeah. riffing, but also I wouldn't say it is Cryptopsy. This is not a Cryptopsy rip. This is the shit that you liked in Blasphemy and in None So Vile that makes those things so charming and then brought to a different light. It's like you had a team of scientists extract the rabies out of Cryptopsy. Right. And this is just a straight rabies death metal. Yeah, this yes. is fucking wild. I I, I want to say we definitely listened to this in the Artificial Brain van mm. when it first came out um, because this is very familiar to me right now, man. I'm glad you put it back on my radar. It's fucking crazy. This is like nightmarish wild shit. Yeah, and one of the guitar players is also the vocalist of the band, so uh -huh. he's doing all this crazy riffing and then going off like his own like little Lord Worm, Lord Centipede, if whatever you want to call him, and uh, yeah. he's doing his own thing. It's got so much energy in it, and it's like he's throwing up into a mic for for the whole album. Yeah, this is like they talk about war metal. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, you know, offend anybody with the with the genres and the subgenres, but this to me almost sounds like some new mutation of war metal or something, man. It's just over the top, ugly, uh, just just vicious, man. Like almost like there's maybe like a a, su a a subtle underlying technicality, but it also just sounds like a noisy cacophony kind of mess too man it's wild shit absolutely and i did a little research into the band uh when it comes to just watching their shit on youtube and their live shows are insane like everyone is on the same page just shitting out this fucking energy going wild the singer is not missing any beat at all he's just going at it and it's like watching this live what we're listening to is translated to live is just kind of an anomaly in itself that you're able to get four guys together who are willing to put this kind of energy into shit phenomenal intense yeah intense rabid death metal and wild shit this is uh the forefront of extremity in metal they're gonna have to work hard to push it past this in terms of extremity and um just pure raw feral visceral aggression yeah yeah absolutely in love with this and what these guys are doing Man, I'll buy the ticket. I'm there. Yeah. Know. Way sicker than Grateful Dead. Uh, yeah. So check this one out. Ascended Dead. Abhorrent Manifestation from 2017. Rip it. Yep. We um, great guys. We learned about Uber. Yep. Uh, great application for your telephone and yeah. your body to be inside of someone else's car. We learned about Tom's car, which is not a great application <laughs> for anyone's body to be inside of that car. We learned about Brazilian grindcore. Mmm. Very yeah. tasty, man. And and splits. <laughs> yeah. And and now speaking of which, we're gonna split. You like that? <laughs> Didn't see it coming, man. All right. All right. Bing bong. That's the heavy hole. We did it. You want, do you want to tell them about the Twitter? Yeah, we got a Twitter heavy hole pod. Check it out. Yeah, at Twitter heavy hole pod. 
do it or don't. All right, bing bong. Thank you. Do it. <laughs>